leadership is not a function of management. Monday, October 26th, 2020. Yesterday, I posted something in a Facebook group that is dedicated to working with people or helping people become leaders. In the group, they're supposed to be, you know, teaching leadership skills or talking about leadership skills or providing information about leadership skills. Um, and the reality is, you know, it's, it's a Facebook group, right? So it really just kind of turns into a bunch of marketing pitches, uh, people asking questions, not necessarily because they actually want the answers to the questions, but asking questions because they are crowdsourcing and looking for people's people's issues, looking for people's pain points, um, and then, you know, taking that as an opportunity to kind of pounce on them and say, hey, here's my offer, um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and jumping in their inbox and all of those kinds of things. But nonetheless, the focus of the Facebook group is to support people who desire to learn leadership. So yesterday I had made a post on my personal page and I thought that the post was pretty valuable. So I adjusted it a bit and decided to post it in this in this leadership group. And essentially what I said is that, um, you know, I, I gave a list of questions, you know, and I said, you know what, ask yourself these questions. And if the answer to any of these questions is yes, then essentially what is happening is that your leadership is garbage your systems are garbage and the people who work for you or work with you actually secretly hate you. And I talked about um, turnover rates and how people don't leave companies, they actually leave people. And about the fact that when you, when you lose an employee, it's going to cost you roughly about 30% of their, of their salary to find a replacement and train this new replacement. And so for someone who has, you know, a company, a small business, and let's say you have about 20 employees, um, and, you know, let's say you lose six of them, okay? Um, that's a 30% turnover rate, which is really interesting because even during the time of this pandemic, there are businesses that are still struggling um, and still experiencing turnover rates of 30 to 45%. Really, really interesting because during a time when so many people are desperate to find jobs, you still have people who are willing to walk out of companies because the people who are responsible for managing their metrics only see them as a means to an end and do not treat them as human beings. And so they're walking out of these companies. Okay. So that was, that was kind of the gist of the post. So anyway, You've got, you've got, you know, a staff of 20 people, you lose six of them, okay? You are, if you're paying your staff, you know, let's say on average about $15 an hour, that means that everyone's making 29K a year, okay? 29K is, is 30% of 29K, which is what it is going to cost you to train and, and, and find a new replacement, is $8,700. And you take that and you multiply that by six. That means that if you lose six people, your business actually loses $52,200. That's money that leaves your business, money that does not come back into the business. That's money that's just gone, right? Because that's the money that you had to spend to 
replace these employees or these staff members that you lost. And so what I talked about in the post was that um, if you are not cultivating leadership within yourself, if you yourself (laughs) as a business owner are not a leader and you are not cultivating leadership within your organization, and then what then what's going to end up happening is your employees are going to leave. And, and, and as much as everyone wants to say that their company is different, our company is different. We do things different over here. You know, we are, we're really, really people focused. The reality is when, when someone comes into your organization and they do not see opportunities for professional, financial and personal growth within the first 30 days, they have already made a decision that they're not going to be with your company for long. Now, not being with your company for long means that they could be there 90 days. It means that they could be there six months. It means that they could be there a year. But essentially what they're doing is they're just going to hang on to the paycheck that you're giving them until they find an opportunity in another company. And so that was pretty much the gist of the post. Well, someone responded to the post and said, um, made a comment and said something like uh, management is a function of leadership. And what he was saying was that if we begin to understand things through the lens of management, then we can really begin to understand leadership. And I disagreed with that. Obviously, he wasn't happy with it, um, but I I really didn't care um, because because that simply is not true. Leadership is not a function of management. Okay, so let's let's go ahead first, first of all, and just kind of explain so that we have a language of understanding. Let's explain what it means when something is a function of something else. Okay, when something is a function of something else, what that means is that some kind of measurement, whether it is uh, quality, whether it is um, sales, whether it is service, there's some type of metric that is directly related to changes in that other thing. Okay, so so what does this mean? Okay, in most situations, okay, not all, uh, but in most situations, height in children is a function of their age, okay? So what that means is as their age increases, then their height also increases, okay? So if you are saying that leadership is a function of management, then essentially what you are saying is that as the efficiency and as the skill of management increases, then leadership ability also increases. This is what it means when you say that leadership is a function of management. The reality is just because someone is becoming a more efficient manager, they're, beco- they're doing a better job of being able to manage the metrics 
that are aligned with the company's goals and organizations, it does not mean that their leadership capabilities are increasing. The fact is, it is very, very possible to be a really efficient manager, to be an extremely efficient manager, to be an amazing manager, to be a great manager, to be an excellent manager, and to be a horrible leader. Why? Well, let's see. What does it take to understand metrics? What does it really take to manage the metrics? Okay. First, you've got to know the metric. Okay. You've got to know all of the factors that are involved in either increasing or decreasing the metrics. So you've got to know all of the things that affect whether or not that metric increases or decreases. You've got to know how to increase the, the, the metric, what it looks like on graphs, charts, paper, um, in the financials when the, match, when, when the mat- metric is doing well, how to assess or predict whether or not those metrics are going to fall based on the performance of the people who are responsible for meeting those metrics, right? So it's, it's, it's very much numbers oriented. It's very much systems oriented. And so these are things that you can learn through continuing education. These are things that you can learn if you decided that you wanted to take maybe 30, 60, 90 days and teach yourself by learning things from YouTube or um, from edX or some other type of, of, of open courseware. Um, some people go out and get um, higher level degrees. So maybe if you don't, maybe if you don't have a bachelor's, you go out and get a bachelor's. Maybe if you have a bachelor's, you go out and get your master's and so on and so forth. Right. And so those are, I'm going to go ahead and call those metrics based skills, right? You can pull out pen and paper, you can write it out, you can predict it, you can draw it out, you can map it out, all of those different kinds of things. You know exactly, you know exactly where you are point A, and you know exactly how to get from point A to point B. You know what it takes, you know what's going to help, you know what's not going to help. And when you're looking at the staff who are responsible for meeting those metrics, i.e. your subordinates, then you can tell, you know, based on, you know, whatever it is that you're seeing on your quality assurance screen or whatever it is that you're watching, who is doing the job well enough to add an increase to those metrics and who is not doing the job well enough to add an increase to those metrics, okay? So those are very numbers-based, very systematic kind of skills. And you can learn those anywhere, right? But understanding the metrics and how to produce those metrics and how to increase them and all of the different things that go into them does not require that you understand people. It does not require that. Now, would it be great if you did? Yeah, it would. But does it require, is it an absolute requirement for you to understand people to understand your metrics? And in most situations, the answer to that is no. And so as a manager, once you understand the metrics, 
then you understand what your staff has to do to meet those metrics. It then becomes your responsibility to keep an eye on those metrics and to discipline the employees who are not doing what they what you believe that they are supposed to be doing in order to hit those metrics. You don't necessarily have to understand people for that. You don't even have to like people for that. Right. You can do all of that sitting at your computer. You can be an excellent manager on the floor or in your organization and never freaking leave your office. Totally possible. Totally possible. And in that situation, what you have is you have people who are willing to follow you. But they're not really willing to follow you. They're just willing to do what it is that you tell them to do so that you can so that they can keep their jobs. So they come in, they clock in right when they're supposed to clock in. They clock out right when they're supposed to clock out. They come in, they put their head down, they do their work. They give you just enough to get paid. They give you just enough to not lose their jobs. So if it's customer service, you'll get good customer service, but you won't get excellent. If it's sales, you'll get decent sales, but you won't get excellent. They'll make enough sales sales to be able to to pay their bills, right? Or or to be able to achieve what whatever specific goals they have that are outside of the goals of the company. But you're not going to get anything more out of them than that. Right? And typically because you're so focused on metrics and you're so focused on numbers and you're so fo- so focused on you know the goals and objectives and the goals and the objectives and quality assurance and this and this and this and this and this, and this then the only relationship that is encouraged by the company for you to create with the staff who are responsible for meeting these metrics is one of correction So the only time they see you or the only time they they have an in-depth conversation with you is when they have done something wrong. Why? Because as a manager, it is your responsibility to ensure that the company's goals and objectives are met. That is not leadership. And the better managers get at managing, it does not mean that as you're getting better at managing, that you're getting better at leading. No, you're just getting better at numbers. You're just getting better. You're probably getting better maybe at at correction, maybe not, right? But you're not getting better at leadership. And so managers, not all managers can be leaders, but all leaders can be great managers. And so because of that, leadership is not a function of management. In fact, management is a function of leadership. I'm going to say that again. Leadership is not a function of management. Management is a function of leadership. Why? Because As the ability to lead increases and the efficiency and the skill of leadership increases, 
then the increase in that person's ability to manage the metrics is a byproduct of how great of a leader that they are. Now, here's the thing. Here's the part that that uh, I think is is the rub, and, and I think is 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 what created some some disagreement in the conversation with this particular person yesterday. Management can be measured short term. It can be measured easily, and it can be measured in very short time periods, right? So if you, you know, if you start on day one and start on day 30, you can, and end on day 30, and within those 30 days, you can quickly see the efficiency or, or, or rates the efficiency of the management. As a matter of fact, you could probably do that in, in, in 14 days, actually. You don't even really need 30, need maybe about 14 days. Leadership, however, is measured by the long-term success of the organization. And so when you are investing in leadership, which is a very specific skill that must be developed with practice, with consistent practice, over an extended period of time. When you are invested in leadership, then essentially what happens is you have to be willing to be more patient because the fruits of that investment in leadership are actually going to be harvested further down the road. And that's the part that a lot of people don't have the patience for. Because essentially everybody is saying, I got to make money. 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 If I don't make money, you know, my, my doors are going to close. If I don't make money, I'm, I'm, I, my doors are going to close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Top line revenue is, is pretty important, right? If you're, if you're not bringing in money, then nobody's going to have a job. That is true. But what is it really costing you to not invest in the leadership in your organization. So let's go back to the example that I gave at the beginning. You've got 20 employees, you lose six. It's $52,000 that you lose, okay? $52,000 that you lose. So you replace those six and then you end up losing a little, another six later on in the year, okay? Now in your mind, or what it may look like on paper, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, we lost six employees, right? At the end of the, at, at, at the, end of the year, right? Because we started off with 20, we lost six, we replaced those six, but then we ended up losing another six, right? So we still have 14, so we only lost six. The truth of that is you actually lost 12 and you actually lost over a hundred thousand dollars. 
And so, yeah, you're focusing on metrics and you're focusing on the numbers and you're focusing on all of those things and you're bringing the people in and they're doing the things and they're managing the numbers and, the, and you know, you've got tough managers and, you know, they're tough on. <laughs> I live in I live in Texas. And so <laughs> um, some of the politicians, you know, they do these these uh, these ads and it's like I'm tough on crime. So then <laughs> you bring you bring these managers in who are tough on crime, right? Like they're, they're, they're solid, you know, and they, and they, they don't take no shit, <laughs> right? But because they're only focused on managing the metrics and the staff can tell that they're only focused on, 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 on managing the metrics, it's very evident by the relationship that they have with their staff members, then you lose people. And so, yeah, you replace them and you bring, you bring money back, but if you really sit down and look at your books at the end of the year, right, if this is your situation, you've lost over $100,000 in your company. What could you have done with those $100,000? What could you have done with that additional money? And so when you put the focus on leadership, right? understanding that management is a function of leadership not the other way around then you begin to consider management through the lens of leadership not the other way around where you're looking at leadership through the lens of management you start looking at management through the lens of leadership can the people who I have placed in positions of management inspire my staff to give them 110% every day when they come to work. Can the people who I have placed in positions of management create a relationship with my staff such that if they make a mistake, they are totally comfortable coming to the person in position of management to number one, be open and honest about that mistake, but number two, ask for coaching and guidance and training so that they don't make that mistake in the future, right? And, and they have that relationship because there's an understanding that if I need help, if I need training, if I need coaching, if I need development, I can ask for that. And I can receive that without the fear that I'm going to end up losing my job. Can the, position, the people who you have placed in positions of management create that kind of a relationship? Can the people who you have placed in positions of management inspire your staff members to be curious about advancement tracks or career paths that are available with your company? Can they inspire them or set an example for them that shows the employee, hey, you know what? I know today is my day one, but I could see myself in year 10, in year 12, in year 15, because there is a clear outline path of advancement and there are several paths of advancement for me to be able to choose from so that I can grow professionally, I can grow financially, I can grow personally, 
And so because of those things, I want to stay here. I'm going to be here, right? I want to stay here. I want to do my best because there are so many advancement tracks for me to choose from. And I trust that my manager doesn't feel threatened by my performance and that my manager does not feel as though I am here to potentially take his or her job. Why? Because just like there are advancement tracks for me, there are advancement tracks for my managers as well. And so everybody is in a situation where not only do they feel challenged by their work environment, meaning that they're learning new things, they're learning new skills, they're doing things that they've never done before, they're having experiences that they had not had before, they're challenging themselves in ways that they never thought that they could see themselves themselves challenged. And at the same time, feel a sense of security about their job and the company that they are working for. Can the people who you have placed in positions of management inspire and model that kind of mindset, model that kind of behavior? And if your answer to that question is no, then I'm going to tell you what I said in my post. Your leadership is garbage, your systems are garbage, and the people who work with and for you secretly do not like you. In fact, they probably hate you. And whether you agree with that or not, whether you agree that that's right or not, whether you agree that that's fair or not, it doesn't really matter because your agreement and your your comfort with that statement isn't a requirement for it to be true. And so what I propose is creating environments where we are now looking at management through the lens of leadership and not attempting to look at leadership through the lens of management. Because leadership is not a function of management. But the metrics that are managed under management are a function of leadership.